Hey, welcome back to the Coyote Fitness Podcast. This episode brought to you by Foxworth Jello Protein Supplements. <laughs> Here we go. New Look flavors on. dropping every other day. Look forward on your Costco shelves. Sarah shells decides as well. to add because she's tired of the same old strawberry lemon. This week, your favorite supplement, tangerine pineapple. <laughs> Man, we love our sponsors around here. Thank you once again, Foxworth Jello Protein Supplements and Nutrition. Got a new recipe for you everyone at the tagline. end of this episode. Yeah, you forgot their tagline. What is that? Time to get outside the box. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, I hate it. Caleb, check your uh, check your mail for your invoice for that. Uh, yeah, really. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. No free ads here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's a flavor I would love to see? Mm, I'm thinking. See or taste? Yeah. Mm, maybe just see. I'm not. I'm not that bought in yet. See, I think grapefruit would be pretty. Mm. I think Caleb needs pr- to make some for us before the next show. Hey, there's an idea. I would try it. So you're going <laughs> which, live which, taste one, which one has the vodka, which one has the protein? <laughs> well, what I was we'll just about to say is it feels like you got kind of a candy theme going on, like the sour and the sweet thing. It would be cool if you could have like in this this segue, you guys aren't gonna believe it. It Man. would be cool if you could have these jello, what do we call not shots, supplements, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that are based off really famous cocktail recipes. Pucks. <laughs> yeah, really famous, like you could have a Moscow mule. You know, protein. Uh, protein. Yeah. You Alcohol think you could pull that off? We could pull that off. Let's Got see. the bitters for the old fashioned. Yeah. I was just our number one that. seller. Yeah. He's very uh, confident in his abilities. Well, for this ideation jello. is one of my one of my gifts. I don't ever do anything about it. Yeah. I can think up a lot of stuff. I'll tell you what. Well, man. I was saying Caleb's confident that he can pull it off. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You let me do the thinking, Caleb. <laughs> oh, have you guys ever had a jello? Have you ever had jello with carbonation in it? Yes, actually. What? Man, one day my mom, like, How? she she pulled out all the stops and made a Jello that had, like, a ginger ale taste mm-hmm. to it, That's and there it. was bubbles. It's like Pop Rocks. I think Jello maybe used to make that, a uh-huh. ginger ale-flavored protein, and you could put a can of ginger ale or whatever, but it... Was it uh, good? Yeah, you're going to find out. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. have a little what? taste test. Yeah. All right. I love how intense this conversation is. Yeah, this is the episode's already feeling a little loose. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, just like summer. Exactly. Oh, there's woo! a reason for this. Oh, we got man. a summer vibe. Yeah. I tell you what, <laughs> summer. The student has become the teacher. That's yeah. right. So what we're doing this episode is discussing how to avoid that summer sabotage, but it's going to take us to other places because the truth is, life. Excuse me. Whoa. <coughs> Excuse Gosh. me. Gosh, a little jello there. Yeah. <laughs> um, summer is very unpredictable, but also life is very unpredictable. Yeah. So, how do we navigate these seasons? Kind of like where... you don't expect to hear some chill mix being yeah, grabbed in the exactly, middle of a podcast yeah. episode, but sometimes you're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> how do you make sure that in these in these seasons where things are just a little bit more difficult scheduling wise, and how do you make sure to hang on to your goals, but there's an art to it, right? I mean, if you're too committed, you're going to frustrate yourself. Yeah. We want to avoid that eject button that a lot of people like to hit. So a really practical episode because of the time of year that we're in. I think um, part of experience and time, years of you know training, one thing that you learn um, is the importance of keeping in perspective what season of life you're in as far as your training and keeping um, – you know, a, 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 an eye on what, what you're doing right now and realize that 
making sure you're not setting yourself up to fail or setting goals and trying to make a lot of progress when you have a lot of other things outside the gym going on. You want to be like Cinderella. You want to keep your eye on the ball. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So so I think a lot of it has to do with being um, self-aware enough to know what particular season you are personally in your life. If you are in a season where you have – three trips planned in a eight week span and you have, you know, kids out of school and stuff like that, realizing that you might be need to go into more of a maintenance type perspective on your health and fitness and not, and realizing, Hey, I'm probably not going to back squat my PR if I'm traveling three times in a two month period. Um, and then also realizing when you come into a season of, I have a lot of free time, I can really buckle down because summer can be, can really go one or two ways for people. It can be, I got all this free time because I'm out of school and I'm going to be hanging out. I'm going to be at the gym all day, every day. Or it can be, Hey, I got, we're going to the beach three different times. And my, my kid has six baseball tournaments and uh, we got 4th of July and we got Memorial day. And then we got back to school and it's just going to be a whirlwind. And I'm just going to try to get my workouts in and being able to navigate those for you individually is something long-term that's going to be incredibly crucial because like you said, hitting the eject button for three months because you're busy is going to set you up to, you're going to be starting over and it's going to take you another two months to get back to where you were. Whereas if you could take the perspective of, I just need to maintain and do the best I can during this busy season. So then when I, it does turn into a slow season, I can, I can really try to make progress and build, um, build my, um, kind of a buffer, uh, away from, from unhealth and, um, the, the, I don't know, D-fitness, I guess, yeah. <laughs> however you want to put it. Yeah. D-fitness. Yeah. I think what I think about is just for a lot of people, it comes down to misguided expectations. It's the understanding that, oh, I've got to make progress or I failed. And that's not the case for just about anything that you do in life. There's a lot of time periods where you're not making progress, and that's not even the goal because mm-hmm. it's impossible to make progress. And so for a lot of people, remembering that, when you get to one of those time periods, if you maintain where you're at and you work hard to minimize the losses during that time, that's just as valuable to your long-term success mm-hmm. as anything because you've learned to manage and you now know that I don't have to freak out if I see that my muscle mass dropped during you know all these vacations that I did or uh, we did this benchmark workout and this was the worst one that I've done in three attempts at it. It's kind of remembering that for for most of us, the goal is long-term health and not that I'm never showing any weakness or I'm never going to um, deviate from my ideal schedule. That's just not the case. And so we want to – I think part of the – part of our job as coaches is just to help people – you know, we don't praise results. We praise consistency at our gym because we think that consistency is what can help um, with people's long-term goal in the end more than anything. And so – by helping people take that approach, all of a sudden you do get to a time period like summer where for you it may be that busy time and you're not, you know, frustrated and, you know, ending the workout and thinking you failed because you didn't PR. Instead, you're excited because you've been able to maintain consistency in the craziness I and think, not just give up completely. I think it's not that we don't praise results. It's that if somebody gets results, we really want to highlight the work that they did to get there as opposed to just the result for the result itself, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was literally just having a text conversation with somebody about this particular thing, and he had scanned in 8% uh, on body fat like a couple months ago or a month ago, and then he scanned back in at 10 and he was upset about that. And I was like, man, once you get down to that range, it's really just about maintaining around in that range. You're not going to 
be losing 2% every single time you scan, you're eventually you will get to where you're in negative body fat percent. And you and die. So, yeah, right. <laughs> it's getting to the point where, hey, this is where I'm at. I'm happy with where I'm at. Now I just want to maintain it. And, you know, uh, taking into account, like Caleb said, there's certain times of life and everybody has different seasons. But, you know, when you're young and you're 18, you're 22 or whatever, and you're in college and all of a sudden you're out for summer and you have three months to do whatever you want to, man, you can come in and kill it in the gym and make tons of progress if you're really dedicated to it. And if a 40-year-old guy who is going on three beach trips and he's got three kids that are playing sports all summer is going to try to keep up with that 18, 19, 20-year-old in the gym and try to and be be like, I'm not making progress like they are. This isn't working for me. That's just you got to get a check on what reality actually says. And you're not going to be able to make progress like they are because your schedule and your life is not the same. You're not the same age as them. You don't have the same setup. You need to take it back to yourself and say, I'm in a season of life where I need to be able to really just try to maintain where I'm at and be happy with where I'm at because I'm looking at this, like Caleb said, as a long-term approach. What's going to be the best for me when I'm 50, 60, 70 years old as opposed to what's going to – can I get 10 pounds added on my back squat these next month? You know, because that's not really going to do anything for you if if you're if you're focused on the long term thing. Yeah, exactly. We always say just up and to the right. I mean, we're trying to keep going up and to the right, and everybody knows when we say that phrase what that graph looks like. And sometimes it's got dips, and sometimes it gets plateaus, and then it spikes. But over a long period of time, we're chasing those goals and accomplishing them. And well, I don't think everybody does realize that. They think it's always progress, and mm-hmm. it's not. That's just not how it works. It's there are going to be dips, there are going to be plateaus, there are going to be regressions for a bit, but over a 10 year period, you will be making progress to the right if you will stick with it. And for a lot of people, the progress that they may need to make or the progress that they have the greatest, the, the place they have the greatest area for progress is in the mindset that is not fatalistic on what results tangibly look like in the busiest season of their life. So for a lot of people, it's Christmas time when you've got event after event, and that's when you crave certain foods when it's cold and you're not wanting to go outside and exercise. It's cold and rainy, you know, but for a lot of other people, it's in the summertime when you're really busy and you have kids. And so I think the mindset shift of understanding those times and being prepared for them, like Hunter said at the beginning, the with experience comes almost a level-headedness of realizing that that's about to happen and having a really positive mindset around it instead of having that negative fatalistic mindset around Mm -hmm. the fact that things didn't go perfectly. The more busy your life is, the less you have to take the focus off of results and more on keeping the habit because we know that health and fitness is all about keeping and developing habits of going to the gym a certain amount of times a week, trying to go to the same class every time, eating healthy, you know, every single day, tracking your food, whatever it is that that works best for you. For me, if I'm traveling, the most important thing for me is to keep the habit of just working out every day. And so I literally will go in there and do the at-home workout. And like, I'll be, when you're on vacation, you don't want to be in the gym for a really long period of time. I will literally go in there and do a workout in 10 minutes or less and then walk out. But to me, I kept my habit Whereas if I had gone a whole week without working out, number one, I'm not going to feel as good because I always feel better after a workout. Number two, then I'm coming off a week of not having workout. I'm having to pick up that habit again. I want to keep the habit that I had to start with. So I'm going to go in and do a workout. Like if I'm at the beach, 
Sometimes I'll just go out and literally do a workout on the beach in the morning. First thing, go in, do a workout, 10-minute workout or less, get it over with, and I've kept my habit. And then the other thing for my diet is I want to try to make sure I at least get three meals every day that are based around protein and make the protein the source of, you know, the major part of my plate on those meals. And I know when I'm on vacation, I'm going to have a dessert, I'm going to have a drink, I'm going to have something else. But if I can at least make sure I'm getting my lean protein, you know, at three meals a day, then I know I'm getting close to my protein, even if I'm not going to track my food um, while I'm on that vacation. And so to me, those are the two most important things that I try to do is keep those habits and, and just go in there. Don't worry about how much time you're spending in the gym. Don't worry about what time you get. Don't worry about how heavy the dumbbells you're using are. Don't worry about, you know, how much work you got in or feel like you should have done more work. Just check that box for that day and move on to the next day. And then when you get some more time, when you're back home, when you're, you know, have extra time in the gym, then that, yeah, that's when you can really dedicate and try to push the weights, push the times, push the intensity, whatever, but just trying to maintain and keep those consistent habits in check, even when you're traveling to me is, is so vital because if you just stop working out while you're traveling, you're always going to be stopping and starting, stopping and starting. And you just, we just stumbled into something really important here. And what you're saying is we have to be able to back up as athletes and say, What's the win here? Mm -hmm. That applies Monday through Saturday at the at your box. Is it? And so that's something that you're practicing when you're out of town, but also when you're in town approaching that workout. I can't tell you how many times I've been at the box and um, an individual walks in, like, "Man, I just got off the plane," or oh, "Just I was in the car for six hours," and they they click into this mindset, looking at that TV, like, "All right, I'm going comp." Last time I did this, and I'm thinking, dude, your hamstrings have been in one position for six hours. Right. I, I think the win here is just walking in the door and, and moving. Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's a transaction. Once we buy into this life of fitness, it's it's a little hard actually to say I'm gonna I'm gonna choose a separate win uh, on in this particular circumstance, and that's consistency and being in here doing something. I would say that for percentage wise, ninety percent ninety. Maybe maybe a little bit more percent of our members, that situation is more of a reality than having everything teed up around your workout for the day for that day. Your your meals, your family, your sleep, your mobility in the morning, your mobility in the evening. I would say that most people are in that situation where they come in and need to assess what is the win for the day as opposed to the comp the competitive side of it. And so for us, I think realizing that whether it's 90% a little more a little less still getting to the point of helping set the culture that competition is not the thing that most people need in their life they need the habit so we implemented our committed and super committed clubs where every month we recognize the members who are able to be consistent with 16 attendances for the committed club and 20 attendances for the super committed club that's more. That's something that we celebrate. Mm -hmm. We want to be able to recognize that that's a huge win for people, more so than more so than a PR probably. Even though, like Hunter said, PR absolutely important and celebrated. And so, realizing that the wins for people are those types of conversations, and not the just the performance or the best I've ever been in my entire life today. When you set a culture at the gym that embraces that and accepts that people are more willing to actually be consistent and they 
start to believe it. But if your gym, if you say that, and then your gym is everybody's talking about this workout or competing, and they're all talking about beating, and if you hear any, you know, the gym and people talking about beating someone else in a workout, they've already missed the point that ninety percent of the people's life change is going to be centered around, and that is consistency, habits, health. Um, and so for us, that's one of the most, I guess, one of the big challenges that we have as an organization is creating that culture. It's hard because it's such, like the nature of CrossFit in general is when you start putting up scores on the board, people are obviously going to try to beat each other. And then we're, we're, we're always trying to tell people that, you know, use the, the board just as um, accountability that you gave your best effort. But it doesn't matter what your score is. Nobody cares what you got on the workout. Nobody cares who you beat. You know, and it doesn't matter at all. Um, use it for what it is. But at the end of the day, what matters is that you're showing up consistently. And you know, for me, for my experience, I'm never going to beat PR a benchmark workout probably ever again because I'm not I'm not as fit as I used to be. And realizing that that's okay because my goal is not to compete at the CrossFit Games anymore. My goal is to be fit and healthy for the rest of my life and to have a positive impact on other people. And so that does not – nowhere in that does PR and my care and have anything to do with that. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, you know, match my goals at all. And oh, if people can – just gave me a chill. <laughs> if people can, can understand that, you know, you having the, the top score on Sugarwild that day doesn't matter at all um, for their own specific goals, then they can really start to make a change. You know, it was really funny. I just happened to – one day, a couple weeks ago, have the best score of the day uh, on the workout. And I didn't even realize that I had because I always just po- post my score in and then I don't really check it or I'll go and try to give other people fist bumps. But I'm not like, who, who did I beat this time? Oh, they beat me. I can't believe it. And, you know, I'm loose. I'm going to lose sleep over this because so-and-so beat me yesterday or I'm talking about the workout. And I went into one of the locations the next day and somebody's like, man, you really – you you like you you really showed out yesterday or something, saying something about how good I did on the workout and I was like like caught off guard because I number one had completely forgot about what the workout was yesterday number two didn't even realize that I had the top score and then I was like what are you talking about and they're like yeah the workout yesterday like you were you mad at somebody I was like what are you talking about you know mad at somebody like I thought they were talking about the workout being hard and yeah like, programming that's how we complain. yeah right. And it was like, no, you did good. I was like, oh, I didn't even realize it. And then it kind of occurred to me later. I was like, that's the complete opposite of how I would have been five years ago or seven years ago where I would have been like, if somebody beat me, I would be stewing over it the whole night and be mad about it the next day and then be mad at them for beating me, you know, that type of thing. Oh, yeah. And um, it's just such a more freeing thing to say, you know, have, whether I'm first or last on the workout, it doesn't matter. It it, it doesn't matter at all because it's not – helping me reach my goals at all. And so that's if the more we can try to preach that over and over to people is it doesn't matter. Use it for what it is um, as a way to get a better workout and push yourself. But at the end of the day, where you rank on on the leaderboard doesn't matter at all. Um, the, uh, the, the better off each person that we can convince of that is going to be. Tying it back into where we started, the I think the the most important part of that conversation is comparison is not the way to measure your success. So when you do get to a busy season in the summer or in the wintertime, most of people's unhappiness doesn't have anything. Most people generally understand like, you know what, I'm at the beach all week. I'm not expecting to come back and PR this workout or to feel the best I've ever felt. They kind of understand that consistency over time is what's or consistent time periods is what's going to lead to that. But 
what I think is frustrating is if you go to the beach and your friend does, has not been to the beach and they've been at the gym for six straight weeks, the most consistent they've been, they figured out this new routine with their nutrition and that they've been, they did the beach body challenge, you didn't do it. And then all of a sudden that leads to what's on, that leads to the unhappiness that I think a lot of people feel. And so I think analyzing whether or not this frustration is the reality or if it's just a comparison, um, because that's, that ultimately is what robs us of our happiness and of our long-term mindset is when we start looking at other people primarily as a measure of our success. Yeah, we've already made some assumptions here, and I think we should go back and clean those up a touch. I, I agree with what you guys are saying. So for those that are listening, like, yeah, summer is this for me, I think that's kind of the first challenge is taking some time, as we've talked about in other episodes, like create that quiet space where you can reflect a little bit and say, all right, what sort of season – do I live mid-May to Mm mid-August? Like, what is that for me? Then you can start dialing in, all right, yeah, that's kind of the time where I'm I'm drinking out of the Yeti and I'm eating a lot of convenience food historically. That's, I think that's the season I'm in. It's Mm -hmm. just busy and, you know, that's the first step. Most people don't take the time to do that. It's like, yeah, if you can do that, then you can also set yourself up to, not overdo it when you come to the gym because if you're trying to compare yourself to even if you're only comparing yourself to yourself and you're comparing yourself uh in June the person who is at the pool 3 days a week and going on who's already been on two vacations since school let out to the guy who in February was locked in dialed in nutrition and everything you're not going to be able to put up the same scores but if you're trying to go in and do the same amount of volume, lift the same weights, push with the same intensity during that period as you were before and not listen to your body and listen to all the warning signs of, hey, you need to take it easy today. Just go through the motions and get the workout in and check the box and move on to the next day. Then that's when you can really set yourself up to get get injured because you pushed too much and you did too much. Um, learning how to listen to your body and learning to realize I'm in a season of I just need to go in and get my workout in and leave and not even worry about it and come back the next day and get my workout in and leave and not even worry about it. Just keep the habit, keep the consistency, like I said before. Um, and then maybe later on in the fall or whatever, when things slow down for you, you can you can really try to push the intensity a little bit more. But being able to learn and listen to your body and, like you said, have some perspective going into it, um, I think is crucial. Yeah. If not, then this is something we talk about a lot, too. You don't want to set yourself up for physical injury. And that's not the methodology's problem. That's your problem and how you're approaching it. But also the other thing, and, I, and we see this a lot, too, it's not just physical, it's mental. Feeling like a failure doesn't motivate most people. There, there's a few out there. Like, I don't like that feeling. I'll do anything but have that feeling. But usually uh, that feeling of failure becomes paralytic. And then before you know it, this three-month season turns into a six-month season turns into that that walk of shame from the parking lot a year and a half later well (laughs) yeah with with nutrition that with nutrition that's a really common thing that happens where people get burned out of trying different diets or they try they try to eat healthy and they maybe don't take a long-term approach to it or they they try to eat the healthiest they they try to be really strict with their nutrition around the time where they're going to have the most unknowns in their life or they're going to have the least control over the food that they eat 
And a lot of times that just leads to burnout where mentally, like what you're talking about, can happen with exercise if you have mismanaged or misaligned expectations. But the same thing applies to nutrition is they come back from vacation or they come back from a couple weeks of inconsistency and they, um, you know, that approach to nutrition is hasn't been you know they haven't been dialed into that and then they expect the results and so that leads to frustration and they think oh i need to try something new and then they try something off the wall you know like i need to go keto or i need to go you know i need to do this or i'm eating too many carbs instead of just taking time to um, say what if i chose the best time of the year for me to start a new approach to nutrition when it's the most likely that i'm going to be able to control these new habits mm. and let that motivation or let that consistency build into being able to best manage the crazier times of life. So understand that sometimes it's a great time to start and sometimes it's it's not the best time to expect. I have a great example of that from my own personal life and, and with the Beachbody Challenge in general. And um, this fall I did the Beachbody and I did it and I had set a goal to get a perfect score and I ended up getting a perfect score and I made a ton of progress on it. And it was a time in my life where I was, you know, not, I was able to do, do that. And then, so I decided to do the beach body again this year in April. And I was while we were doing this marathon training and, um, but I wanted to tweak it. And because I was already noticing that, um, I was really worn down after the running for like three days and I was just really tired, irritable, um, at the beginning part of the week after running. And so I was trying to up my calories and after a couple of weeks, I just realized that now is not the time for me to be trying to do this, the beach body challenge or really try to dial this other stuff in where, when my focus is on my training for the marathon. And, um, so I just decided to stop doing it because I couldn't, I couldn't commit to running, which is a time commitment, but it's also a really mental commitment and also the recovery after it takes a while after every single run to be able to do that and trying to get enough calories in to eat um, throughout the day while still trying to also make sure they're all on the quality side and make sure I'm dialing in on during the week when I don't have the mental energy to be able to do that. And so I was like, this is not the best time for me to do this. I'm going to back off and focus on make sure that I'm getting my workouts in Monday through Friday, getting my running in on Saturday, and making sure I'm getting enough food to fuel that without worrying about making sure I'm checking all these other boxes as well because it was just it – it got to be too much. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You're pointing out that competing priority thing right. we talk about a lot. So it's like, man, I'm at, I'm at the beach. My priority is to invest in my friend group that's here, my family that's here. So that's a huge priority mm-hmm. with a lot of cultural expectations. But I have a priority for my fitness. So it, to try to have those both at 100% usually yeah. just arrest people and you and you don't enjoy either one. It so. creates conflict, yeah. actually, with certain people. And so, um, you know, it's, that that is a, that's a big factor for a lot of people. Yeah, and usually it's the very people that help us set those patterns in the first place. <laughs> we grew up around them. You know, you, if you want to get me in a, a conflict with nutrition, you put me around my mom and get her to cook. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, wait a minute. And then, you know, maturity in your health and fitness journey is knowing that I'm about to go on vacation with my family for a week, and I know that they're going to be cooking all this type of food. And it's not worth it to me mentally or emotionally to constantly have to be fighting them about what I'm going to do. So I'm going to make sure I set these parameters in place. I'm going to make sure, hey, I get my workout in every day, and I'm going to make sure I'm 
hitting my protein. Uh, maybe I'll take some protein and make sure I can get it in throughout the day. But I'm not going to beat myself up or worry about um, not eating this food that they're making or we talk about all the time. I'm not going to not eat the cake at my niece's birthday party uh, because I'm doing this challenge or whatever. I'm going to go go into it with this plan. And if you have the plan going in and have already had in your mind what you're going to do, it, it's freeing because you, you don't have to worry about it once you get in there. You don't feel guilty while you're there for doing or not doing something. Here's a tangent with that too, because we we try to we try to we try to help people understand that's what we're talking about with healthy is not the completely restrictive, always abrasive, always looking down on other people for doing these things, not having any flexibility, not having any freedom. It's not that at all. The challenge is that if every one of your nieces and nephews has a birthday party and every football game is a huge event in your family and every holiday is a time that you have people to the pool to grill out and then every celebration of something fun that happens and then you also want to be spontaneous with your spouse and go out to eat and treat them and then you have your own family's birthdays and then you have you know this, this, and this, all of a sudden it becomes something where you realize I just had, there's 52 weeks this year and I just had 52 special occasions that I didn't (laughs) want to miss quote unquote. And then listen to this. Here's one. Someone said the other day that they did that I didn't even think about, but whenever we're, we're in a society where we do that a lot and everything's a big event in the South that's involved around food. And then if you don't have something for a weekend, guess what you do? You make something because it's like, oh, we don't, we finally don't have the kids or we don't have a soccer tournament. Let's go out. Let's go to eat this food. Mm-hmm. And so what you've done is now there's this expectation that, oh, if I, if I take control over my nutrition and my habits, I'm missing out on life. And then you also have people who are burnt out because they feel like they're missing the birthday parties and they're missing these things. And so that's a really hard conversation that is best done one-on-one and set with what are the goals that you have and what is the urgency of your goals. And so when we have those personal conversations, I think it can help clarify the chaos and you can select, all right, when I go to the beach and we pay this money for this place and I love the environment of the beach to enjoy Mm -hmm. certain foods, I'm going to do that. But just because Mississippi State is playing a baseball game doesn't mean I've got to go and eat 5,000 calories at two different meals and eat like I'm never going to get a chance to eat again. So aligning your priorities is can help clarify that. And hopefully, as as you build relationships with a coach, the, the coach can help you have that conversation one-on-one so you can select the times for you. I love how these ideas and I, I think this would be a good place to stop this part of the conversation, but these ideas often filter down to exactly that. Contact a coach, pull them aside. The coaches inside of Coyote Fitness are 100% knowledgeable and excited to have that conversation with you because they're invested in your goals as well. You know, yeah. like, let's, let's talk about the X's and O's for the next pro- – it's probably like a three- to five-minute conversation. Let's talk about the X's and O's, and we'll get you there. That way you can go enjoy this disruptive time, whether it's just a trip or a couple of weeks that is summer or Christmas, and then we can get you down the road after that. Well, and our coaches also have started you know, reaching out to members and trying to call uh, a certain amount of members every week. So a lot of our members probably have recently had this conversation. If not, you know, hopefully a coach will be having that with you soon. But if you're at a point where I like, I need to have this conversation now, yeah, go talk to them and say, hey, can we sit down? Hey, we can, can we have a phone conversation? Whatever. Let's just figure out what's going on. I feel like I'm lost or I'm doing too or, you know, I'm not doing enough or whatever because, you know, our coaches have seen 
we've seen thousands of people come through the door with, you know, thousands of different lifestyles and ideas and, um, goals and that type of thing. And we can, we can figure out something that's probably going to help you achieve and get to where you want to be. Um, if you, if you're willing to be open and listen and implement, you know, what we talk about. Awesome. Great conversation there. Surprisingly good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're headed to Is that a compliment? Uh, <laughs> that was, was backhanded. Uh, uh, outside the box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You may have to add that to the end of the episode. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, where are we headed? What are we into? What are we doing? What's up? I don't. You got to tell us. Oh. We don't know each other that well. Okay. Well, I got to admit, I'm a little embarrassed. I've, I've good. just totally f- good, totally flopped. I was like, "Hey, Hunter, this podcast you recommended." He's like, mm, "No, that was a book." So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little gun shy to get involved in this part of the conversation. Yeah. 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 I don't know what it is. Well, I'm here to tell you that I believe in you when no one else does. <laughs> okay. So. I will launch into this. Here here's something I have been up to lately and I'll, I I can't I don't guess I should shout out the name. But I went to get dry needled the other day and it's not the first time what this, is that? this has happened. It's like most people think it's like acupuncture but it it's not. It's a they take a needle that is very small and get into the the muscle, the knots and the knots kind of freak out and they release and mm. it, it's like scare them. Yeah, it's what you're trying to do with that Theragun or that lacrosse ball that you just can't get deep enough in there to get it to release. And um, anyway, so I'm sitting in this this business, and uh, it's a guy that I know. And he goes like, "All right, man, go ahead, take your shirt off. We'll get we'll get this started." And he looks at me and he says, "Man, I was really surprised when you took your shirt off." <laughs> and this this shows the kind of man that I am. I was like, "Man, cool. This guy's about to compliment me, man. Yeah. For all these years of hard work, almost 43." He looks at me in front of there's like a little old lady over here trying to do PT. He looks at me and says, "Man, your traps are like half the size of what they should be." Boom. <laughs> Burn. Yeah. Hey, he's not wrong. He's not wrong, but I didn't expect him to call me out like that. But this is what I've been into lately because I've been doing CrossFit for, I don't know, eight years, mm-hmm. seven and a half years. And I've been compensating because of that, that weakness and avoiding a lot of movements because of that. And now he's going to help me try to figure that out. It was just uh, his bedside manner could use a little work. I think he could go listen to our professional podcast. <laughs> the previous no. one and maybe it was actually a really funny moment. That. I've uh, I've laughed about it for now three weeks. He didn't like just roast you and get out though. He, no, like, no, he, no, he no, got he in was, the mess with you. He was trying to figure yeah. out like what he meant was he was man explaining, but what he meant was man, you've been really active for a long time. Something's wrong back here. Mm. Uh, trying to get this figured out. So, but anyway, the bigger lesson is. For me personally, I've had people talk to me for my whole CrossFit uh, time of doing CrossFit that I need to get a sports, deep tissue kind of stuff going on. And, and I thought that would work for me. But this dry needling, it is like magic. And I think there are a lot of us inside of Coyote that are experiencing that as well. It's just mm. been awesome. So I don't know. Have you guys done that? Had that yeah. done? Yeah, I've had it before. Yeah. Yeah. You don't look as Multiple impressed times. as me. Yeah. 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 I mean, like in, anything you can do, <laughs> soft tissue work is going to be great, you know. If you stay on top of your stuff yourself, you should be fine. But a lot of people 
they just don't have the discipline to be able to do it. So they need, you know, to, to be able to get in. If you wait too long, right. if you wait too long with the things that we talk about, <laughs> man, roast it again. <laughs> and this really took a different man. I'm telling you what, I'm calling out this nice thing. I, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of it for me is I have, um, uh, when I was 17, I took radiation across my entire torso. You're about to play the cancer card? Like, yeah. Oh, Here it is. Yeah. Uno reverse. Well, part of what... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, part of what this guy's saying, though, is that uh, that, may be, that may be part of the culprit, you know? Did he so, explain, like, how? Yeah, muscle memory and stuff mm-hmm. gets reset with radiation, and oh. uh, a lot of it turns... A lot of it is my responsibility for compensating on particular movements, you know? But the interesting thing is... When he got in there and started doing the work, man, I when I did the workout for the next five or six days, I would have paid double whatever this guy was charging me because I could actually string together 15, 16 total bar. I'm like, man, this is this hasn't been a strength issue. It has been a mobility issue for a very long time. Yeah. So, And it was to a place where I just could not – getting on the knobby roller wasn't going to solve this problem. Too far gone. Yeah. That's great. That's yeah. great. So I don't know. I would – you really rescued that. Congrats, that was good, man. man. They yeah. tried to take I'm it away from you. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I've well, always got cancer right back there. If I get this really, like, you're losing, you're <laughs> we, losing. We can't argue with that with yeah. you on that. Bring on up that the front. cancer. <laughs> it's kind of like the God told me two cards. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, all right, I guess. It's, it's not me, it's you. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Like, and it's working. My mobility is increasing. Cool. Uh, I'm happy yeah. to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. I've been making a lot of jello <laughs> with uh, different recipes and things. And this mm. week, what we're doing is we're uh, which week? We're, this week. This week we're in. We're in now. Now oh. this this podcast we're gonna we're gonna up the ante from the last podcast. If you guys uh, did not hear, go back and listen to uh, to that one. But we are adding um, a slice of real fruit into each little pod when you put it in the fridge, and then whenever you go for your <laughs> Your Jello slider, not puck. Shot. Slider. Puck. Your Jello, puck. your, your Jello, Jello puck. puck. Uh, your Jello puck. There's a nice uh, fruity surprise in there. <laughs> mm. oh. I do not like the sound of that. Sell There's it a lot of really, really not 2022 jokes in there. Though. Yeah, We're just put right over there. So I, I instantly had in my mind strawberries. Is that strawberries is great? Yep. Okay. You can go with uh, banana because strawberry Jello is the best Jello. You can go with anything. Fresh any, orange. Any fake strawberry flavor is just put a little orange yeah. in there. I had this debate recently Pineapple. with my son. He was saying banana is the best fake flavor. His son is Owen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shepherd likes strawberry. Yeah, but I think banana is a pretty solid fake flavor. This is another discussion, but there are flavors like of snow cone and Jello and stuff. They have the name and the color of the actual food, but they don't it's taste anything no. like it. Mm-mm. Somewhere along the line, banana and bubblegum got put together, and mm. most fake banana mm-hmm. is like a bubblegum flavor. I'm not a big mm. banana. Would you chew banana, banana. bubblegum? No. no. I wouldn't chew bubblegum. Mm. You know what the best bubblegum they've ever come out with, and I don't think they Zebra make sticks. it anymore? Uh, that's a solid one. But they had for Dr. Pepper gum for a while. Oh, wow. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Yep. I'm not that old. And it had this uh, it had this little center in it that was like... Full-on Dr. Pepper? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. it was like the gum encased that, and it was the flavor of Dr. Pepper. Do you ever have the friend that took the... That rat, that big old loop of bubble gum, and instead of like pulling it off like the tape you're supposed to, they would just bite into oh, the, the whole thing. Yeah. That, that kid's in jail. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you make that bad of a decision yeah. over bubble tape, when I'm going with gum, I'm going with cinnamon gum every time. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love cinnamon gum. Yeah, I feel like it's more detrimental to your breath. I do too. Yeah. Cinnamon? Uh, the cinnamon? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know about that. They make a cinnamon Jello. 
Guys, I'm next week. Just stay tuned for this <laughs> next episode. Cinnamon Joe. I can see uh, the wheels yeah. turning. He's like, I don't want to let this business model out too far. <laughs> I really, I want to string people along with this one. But next week, remind me to tell you what uh, what we're going to be doing with the Joe. Okay. Next week. Look, I got a TV show for you guys. You guys know how much I love The Wire, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the creators of The Wire have come back to another show about Baltimore called We Own the City, and it's on HBO. And it has a lot of the actors that were in the original Wire, but they're playing like the opposite character. Like some of the drug dealers are now cops, which is pretty oh, pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. But there, but I've I think I've counted it. There's at least ten actors that were in the Wire that are in this show, and it. But this one's based on a true story. It's about these uh, this like gun trace unit, special gun trace unit they created in Baltimore, and they just got incredibly corrupt, and they all got arrested and went to jail. And so it's like flashing forward and then flashing back. But it's so good. If you like The Wire, you have to watch the show. Um, it's called We Own the City, uh, and it's on uh, HBO. We have a coworker that talks about The Wire so much. Yes. I have a coworker yeah. who talks about The Wire. <laughs> that's what I hear. Yeah. Uh, there's just something in me that's resisted it, but I, I feel like I've you've I never watched it. I haven't no. watched. Well, it I have to purchase HBO Max. Yeah. HBO Max. And and oh, HBO that. Max $4. is worth it now because they have the HBO, and then they also have the HBO Max. They got a lot of new shows on there, and they got good shows too. Every historical HBO show is on there, plus all the new ones that they're they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it really is. Yeah, I think you it. can. There's a lot of ways with different whatever your. Cell phone provider is if you're worried about that, but it is. It's well only worth the top three AT and T's that do it, and we are yeah, number no, four. No, it's not a cost thing. I mean, my gosh, I waste four dollars every hour on something, <laughs> but it, it's just like it's the it's, the, it's the friction point of it's, having to like create an account. To create the account. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh well. I'm well, if you get. do it, do you have like a Roku or something? Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. have a Roku, you don't have to create an account. You just go in there and purchase it through the Roku oh, and use your Roku info. Yep. Uh oh, you've All been right. busted. We've talked about my traps, my mobility, and now you've called me a boomer. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it is <laughs> funny how like if you want it, like my wife wanted to watch a movie this weekend, and so I always look up where, which apps yeah, it's streaming it? on. Just and, Google it, and then it's the drop down right yeah, there. Yeah. But this one, none of them were free at all. You had to purchase it. It was Father of the Bride. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's so, not free anywhere. Yeah, and so no. and it was, was it like, good enough to buy? I literally went on every single streaming app that we had and searched, and it wasn't on any of that's them. Funny. And so I had to. And so I told her it was like rent $3.99, buy $4.99. I was like, look, if you ever want to watch this again, I bought it on Amazon. But there it's just go. like. Just the four ninety nine thing, like God, I gotta God so much money. Yeah, I got to buy this thing. Then you think about every Chick Fil A. Yeah, it's sandwich not about the money. Bought. It's just like it's like the I got principle. all these streaming services. It should be on one of them, you know. But that's anyways. a great movie, by the way. We kind of gave it a little bit of a side glance there, but it's it's good. Oh, it is great. Father yeah. of the Bride. Steve yeah. Martin is phenomenal. Yeah, I met a man in Paris, and we're getting married. <laughs> great line from that movie. Thanks. Yeah. Speaking, I, lo- of- I looked up that actress because I was like, she was in a lot of stuff, and mm-hmm. she got she's disappeared. She yeah. was in seven movies, and then she was never in movies. She, yeah. Who is it? I don't. I don't even know the what brunette. her name was. Yeah. She's yeah. married the to Little, Brad the, Paisley. The girl. No, 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 she- no. Not the not the older one. The younger one. The one that plays her when she's a baby. Oh, uh, yeah. when she's younger. Oh, hey, yeah. The one that Beethoven? says that. Yeah. Was she in the Beethoven? She was in Beethoven. She was in Kindergarten Cop. Um, she was in like a bunch of stuff. She made her money and she's out. Yeah. You just paid her. Yeah. Look, I can say from personal experience, while being wildly successful at a very young age does something to somebody. You know. Yeah. So I simply they say they they say that they say that you're wherever whatever age you are when you're the most famous is where you mentally stop stop wow. You stop developing unless you take really like a lot of steps and effort to to progress past that. And so 
you can you can see it time and time again. It's why people just act like kids throughout yeah. their entire career, and then you know, twenty years later, they have this moment where they invest in themselves. Mm. Um, Kieran Culkin's in uh, that movie as well. He's or one, they, uh, the lesser yeah. one, yeah. Or they don't like Michael Jackson is probably a great example of that. Yes, like and then uh, Alanis, Alanis stop oh, right there. Yeah, yeah like, Alanis Morissette talked about all the years of therapy she took uh, after being famous to be able to get to where she was now. Mm-hmm. Man, should we go into that recommends that documentary on HBO Max? Uh, oh, what is it? Well, no, you, no, you can't recommend it anymore. You just recommend the it music at box. HBO Max, the music box series. Bill Simmons, Hunter's hero has created a music series where they did, I think they did eight documentaries, and they're all out now, but they did one, and Alanis Morissette was one that I did not quite realize her, just because she was just a little bit before my time, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize her popularity oh, and dude. some of the music. But Jagged like, Little Pill was huge. I think yes. that's like second or third if best-selling you, album of all if time. If you mm-hmm. were like in high school or around that time period, like the VH1, like watching mm-hmm. all day to see what music videos would come up, um, if that was your time period, you're going to love these music box because they go into that. They did the Woodstock 99, which was... Ooh, uh, Green Day was there. Just in an... Were that, they? Mm-hmm. that was a deep dive on yeah. like culture and music during that time period. I think Red Hot Chili Peppers was there also. They, were, they sure yeah. were, yeah. yeah. And everything started, which, oh, dang it. It all went downhill when Corn was playing. Well, Corn, <laughs> but Red Hot Chili Peppers, they have Excuse a... Excuse you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> well, on, the, on the documentary, yeah. Oh, okay. oh no, 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 no. Can I give a Corn and then Limp Biscuit? It was Limp Biscuit. Yeah, okay, Biscuit. That, yeah, that's fine. So they started fine. playing break stuff, and they started literally breaking everything. In no, the, in literally, the Red Hot Chili Peppers was performing, and this is when they started burning the other stages that weren't that weren't being used. And um, so all these guys started burning and tearing stuff up and they called the lead singer over and they're like, listen, you gotta, you gotta say something now cause it's going to get out of hand. And he went out for their uh, encore and they played this song that they have. And it's called like burning, like burn it down or something. And they played this song and the place erupted and they started going nuts and they burned the whole place down. Wow. So I can't believe y'all hadn't watched these documentaries. Gosh, man, it's big into music. I, don't have time. I know. Yeah. Music is a big deal. You for need to me. go. For all the young guns, they have one on Juice World. That was the last one, and they do a deep dive on his last couple days. And it's we start it's that uh, GoFund GoFundMe for my four ninety nine. <laughs> you know, I used to scoff a little bit at how much Hunter loves Bill Simmons, but the more I hear about him, the more like yeah, that dude just does what he wants to. He, he knows uh, what he his, likes. That's exactly his story. What he wants to. And he goes all the way in. Mm-hmm. He's like the Elon Musk of the media world. Yeah, that makes sense. He makes sense. podcasts all day. He does. He just bounces around, and then he's got, he's like got a whole podcast, podcast network called Sounds The like Ringer. Us. This guy's a great movie, by friends. the way. What's that? The Ringer. That's my recommend. That's your recommend? The Johnny Knoxville. Johnny okay, Knoxville's you your oh, recommend? Oh, great. Oh, boy. Yeah, Actually, oh, boy. my real recommend, I just uh, like kind of dove back off into it again, is Lenny Kravitz's music. Mm. Gosh, dog, is he good. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. It started with... Uh, uh, YouTube, you know, the shorts they have on YouTube. It started with a dude talking about him and Slash making a song together. I was like, oh, man, I forgot how much I love that song. And I just started listening to Lenny Kravitz, and I was like, this dude's really good. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why he was so disrespected uh, when he was making great music. I He's think it's because he wore leather jackets and no shirt underneath and just mm-hmm. kind of went. Yeah, but, I mean, even today you watch him in an interview – He's just an eccentric dude, yeah. And the stuff he collects, like that's an interesting video when you, they're walking around his place, and he's like, "Yeah, I got this yeah. from this guy and this from this guy." Well, he has like three or four houses, and like people just rave about his like decor and stuff and how interesting it is. Mm-hmm. He's an interesting guy. Yeah, yeah. his, his yeah. daughter's in the new Batman. Yeah, she's good. 
Come on. I haven't seen her in that, but she's a good actress. Yeah. I do yeah. not recommend that movie. One out of ten. <laughs> really? Batman's the worst. I wasn't a big fan. Jeez. As a superhero? Yes. Or? Oh. Yeah. Ooh. What, what's, Ooh. Man. I just didn't like the newest one as much. Okay. I mean, that's all right, but... It, I can accept is... the the movie take, but just yeah. Batman? That This so is a bad the whole the, argument. The thing that this movie did emphasized how much I dislike... The moral high ground that Batman tries to play by not hurting people, but by making them just not able to fight, but refusing to actually use much violence. That to me, you just can't. You're a superhero. You got to be able to. You got to be able to do the job. Okay. Well, I don't okay. know. He has a dark past, but I. I feel like we should probably pause this argument and pick it back up because yeah, I think there are other superheroes. For instance, if you say that, that Batman is worse than Aquaman, we may have a fist fight right here. I don't know a lot about Aquaman. What we should so. do is take a exactly. podcast to attack like how skewed the, the superhero universe is and like how underpowered or like underutilized people's powers are. So like if you take like the Flash – and if he ran as fast as he possibly could and hit somebody, their atoms would erupt. Yeah. But they don't do stuff like that. Or if there's a theory out there that Ant-Man could have shrunk down, like gotten swallowed by Thanos or something, and then just went, whoop, and then eh, game hey, over. Hey, I had to fill in for the kids' class a couple weeks ago in Flowood because Coach Tyler had a baby. and His wife had a baby. And he sent me the program. <laughs> for and he said, start off with... Uh, asking which two superheroes would win in a fight. I mean, that was 15 minutes. These kids <laughs> they just like, went the oh, whole time. Oh, There's no stronger debate. Well, yeah, kids' that, class was <laughs> awesome. <today. laughs> that never dies. And then right? they each got to pick one, and then they would debate over why which one would beat the other one in a fight. And it was, uh, I mean, they went they went on and on and on about it. It so. could be a great throwback if uh, next episode we actually had that debate <laughs> about, about 15 minutes. Let's try and remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to try to debate this six year old kid. You're not going to win. He's got, <laughs> he he knows everything there is to know about them. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. Great episode. If you say so. smooth sounds.